Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Nico from General Catalyst. Nico is an incredibly interesting guy, and this is a special conversation that's both enlightening and motivating. I know you're going to enjoy it. It's incredible how much a product or idea changes over time. Well, it does, at least if you work hard and allow the universe to help shape your thoughts, ideas, and decision-making. I've learned that evolving the idea, actual product, just the way that you describe what you're building, it needs to change and grow. And it's the job of the leader to push the thinking along that path, challenge it, and also get the world to challenge it. Take my podcasting ideas. I saw an unmet need in the market while I was in business school and then set out to deliver engaging content around these topics. Okay, great. So I made a little business plan and got the podcast going. Now it's pretty nice. It's growing and it makes a little bit of money. But what I have here is just sort of a passion project. My business plan and deck, they've never really evolved, which is fine. But the podcast, it's not going to put a dent in the world. Compare that to Pay Club. We have 297 versions of our investor deck now. Even sometimes from week to week, we incorporate new information, what we're learning from our users or in conversations with investors. Adapting to what the market is saying, refining our thinking, improving how we communicate that with the world, and then it all just continues. The reason I'm talking about this now is because the process gets accelerated the more conversations you have with intelligent people. Last week, we were at a fintech conference in Vegas, and we had several discussions that really challenged the way that we think. So we come back, reflect, talk, argue, refine, and then spit out the evolution of all of our learnings into a more focused product and more focused pitch. It's funny sometimes how exact opposite some of the ideas that people give us are, though. You leave one meeting where someone is pounding the table that the app needs to be blue, and then in the very next meeting, one of the most successful investors in the space says that the app needs to be any color but blue. That's just a uh, simplification, but it literally happens on a daily basis. It's our job then to ingest all this knowledge and information and then decide which course is best for the company. The goal stays the same throughout everything, though. Solving a problem by delivering an app that is a delight to use which translates into user growth and then recognition from investors. But our strategy of how to do this is always evolving. And over the course of all of our meetings with brilliant people last week, we developed a couple new and improved tactics. Nothing's easy, but with the focus of my team combined with the way that the universe challenges us, we're going to deliver something special 
that will put a dent in the world. Okay, interview time. Nico, thanks for having me to your office. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you for hosting me. I'm excited to have a conversation with you and um, eager to answer any of your, your questions. Cool. So we're at General Catalyst. That's a big blue chip venture capital firm. And you've been here pretty much since the beginning of your career, right? Absolutely. Effectively, this is my first job. Um, I was a perpetual student for a long time. Uh, was made in Greece. Grew up between Greece and the UK. Um, lived and worked in Tokyo and Japan and Boston as a researcher. And then ended up in Silicon Valley in 2009 to go to Stanford as a graduate student. I uh, tried to do a social network with a few of my course mates because everybody was doing a social network back then. But of course, we're five years delayed, felt miserably, and uh, ended up uh, joining our firm right when we're getting started here in uh, Silicon Valley. So I've been very grateful to my partners for giving me a chance back then and um, uh, mentoring me over the years. Um, and I'm still here. Well, congratulations. So, you know, I'll venture capital investors that's like an enviable spot a lot of people say oh i want to be a vc i don't even know what that means but uh usually the path is you go to a startup you raise money from venture capitalists you sit on this other side of the table then the startup succeeds or fails and then you say oh now i've got some money maybe i'll start doing some angel investing maybe i'll maybe make this on a more official level you skipped all those steps. It's like you skipped the business school, investment banking, private, like you skipped it all. Yeah, I didn't know how to use Excel. You know, it's unbelievable. Okay, so how did you do that? Um, I would say it was not very intentional. It was more um, something that came to me. Um, and, and there are many, many paths to venture capital. It's not just one. And we can talk about it afterwards. But uh, for me, uh, as a social networking uh, startup founder who was also a graduate student at Stanford, I was meeting a lot of uh, venture capitalists. And you know, at, uh, at Stanford, sometimes you walk around the campus and you meet more VCs than students. Um, so we were in the first batch of StartX, uh, which back then was called SSC Lab. So through that experience, I met a lot of VCs, and I was intellectually uh, curious and interested about uh, the job. Um, so through that, when it was clear that my startup would fail, um, I ended up having one offer from a gentleman called Chris Farmer, who is now the founder and CEO at Signal Fire, very interesting uh, a VC firm. Uh, and then I had a couple of other offers from a consulting firm as well as a small startup that is now public. Um, and um, ended up uh, taking a, a leap of faith after giving the opportunity uh, from Chris to join him on his journey. A few months later, the two of us ended up joining Combo uh, as a Combo ZC. Uh, so that's how it happened. Uh, it was 20. 526 at the time, uh, till two years prior, had never heard of venture capital. Uh, frankly, I didn't know growing up in Greece anybody who was doing a startup or when I was an engineering student in Greece, I didn't know of anybody who wanted to drop out of school to join a startup. Like, I had no idea. So it, it happened to me, just by virtue of immersing myself in the Silicon Valley startup game. Right. And is there something inside of you that has more tolerance for risk like you're turning down consulting jobs like i imagine your parents are like nico go work for a big big american company that would be great is there something inside of you that said no i'm i'm gonna roll the dice 
Yes, yeah, so at, 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 at the at the end of the day, I'm uh, inspired by people, and and I've seen like countless folks here in Silicon Valley who just followed the right person um, once, and this has helped their career for a decade or longer. You know, sometimes afterwards. So in my case, I was really inspired by Chris and uh, Hammond and some of the other partners here at John Catalyst were very different. They were uh, pretty. Com- they had pretty compelling personalities. I was like, hi, you know. Clearly, the uh, the opportunity is very, 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 you know, attractive. Both in terms of the job itself, but most importantly, the people I'll be privileged to work with every day. Right, and. I've seen. I've heard you talk about maximizing for serendipity. Absolutely, this is key. Like I, I do believe that. Like everybody, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what you do, you're just one relationship away from greatness. And this relationship can help you with getting connected to everybody you want. This relationship can help provide you with your first job, or mentor you over the years, or help you have more opportunities along the way. So if you can keep your eyes and ears open so constantly your network is growing um amazing stuff is going to come right so i mean you kind of went one for one in 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 your connection but for someone that you know is figuring it out and is your advice to them just go out there and meet as many people as you can and you know maybe they see lots of lots of interesting things and they say how do i discern what's what's good and what's not good like is it just what do you, what do you yeah, absolutely. That? So, like, you can obviously do uh, networking in a structured way, but you can also leave uh, certain aspects of it in an unstructured way, right? So, um, I do believe in the power of cold emailing people. That's how Silicon Valley and the tech startup world in particular works. So, shoot pretty high. You've nothing to lose. The worst thing that ha- can happen to you is people ignore you. So what, you know? But the best thing can happen that can happen to you is get uh, meetings uh, with some unbelievable people that you can learn from. And over time, the best the best outcome is to have a relationship with them. So that's number one, you know, cold email, learn how to be a power uh, user of cold emailing. Um, number two um, is to... Uh, have you know some structure in what kind of people uh, you want to target uh, so that over time you can build a reputation among that audience for example if you want to become a venture capitalist uh, can you create a crew or mafia of other founders that uh, they introduce you to their friends and they know that you can help them with something very specific like for example Nico is the person that I go to if I want to raise more money from angels or because, you know, he can help me acquire, you know, a bunch of customers. So if you can point your networking towards a specific group uh, with uh, a very particular reputation that you want to earn over time, that's very powerful. Because that's how you start having word of mouth uh, momentum or reputation, in other words, um, among a specific audience. And thirdly, uh, be opportunistic. Uh, as people come your way, don't immediately say no, uh, but be thoughtful. Hey, you know, maybe give you know 15, 20 minutes to somebody because it can open up a whole new world that you weren't thinking about or you didn't have access to. Yeah, no, I love hearing that, and I'm a big fan of cold email. I mean, I cold emailed you. That's that's why we're sitting here today, and. 
I, I wanted to talk about this. I definitely wanted to talk about this. You, when I, I've heard you speak at, at startup events, you elicit a different reaction from audiences than a lot of other investors that get up on stage. And there's it, kind of this strange dynamic where the investors get up on stage and they say, oh, it's so difficult to invest in the, in the best startups and there's just so much competition. And then you have rooms full of hungry startup founders, hundreds if not thousands of them saying, well, what are you talking about? I've got a startup and I can't find money at all. So there's like this disconnect. And then you get up on stage, Nico, and you say, cold email me. Like, just reach out. If it's interesting, we, we can have a meeting. And a lot of other investors say, no, if you can't find a way to triangulate a point to me, know someone I know, then I don't believe that you're able going to be able to get a startup off the ground. Maybe it's a proxy, maybe it's not. But you take a very different tack to that. Yeah. So obviously there are many paths to success and there are a ton of investors who have been much more successful than me. Um, but with that in mind, um, I would say that, uh, sure, uh, when you're in the business of sourcing a lot of investment opportunities, a good chunk of them will come to you from warm introductions from your network. Uh, a good chunk of them will come directly to you because... Uh, you worked on a specific company in the space that's category defining uh, and people would uh, find a way to get connected to you um, or they will just cold email you and then um, now we're in the era where all of the venture capitalists out there pretty much have become pretty good content marketeers or and good self-promoters online through blogging social media all that good stuff podcasting podcasting absolutely so if you say stuff um, to an audience people will react to that and they would uh, cold email you uh, so there are many many different ways to cast a wide net uh, of people uh, it has worked really well for me like two out of the three series a's i did last year the founders had called, emailed me. Um, I said no to them for their angel and seed rounds. In one instance, mistake. I should have done it. Uh, paid up for the Series A. Um, my best man, he called at my wedding. You know, he called, emailed me when he wanted to pitch me his startup five years ago. Um, I've called, emailed some of the best companies that we ended up investing in. Uh, like Snap or the founder of what is now called Discord. So it works. It really works. You got to put in the hours, of course, to read through all uh, the good stuff that comes in, and and the bulk of it, frankly, you know, it's not that good. But when you ask people for their materials and you see that they're thinking coherently, they understand their customer, and in some instances, they even have you know momentum if it's later stage. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. So why wouldn't you do that? Like, that's that's what I would say. Why wouldn't you do that? Of course, if you are. You know, sitting on uh, 20 boards, you have like four nonprofits uh, that you're dealing with, or you're somebody you know who is really lazy and you think you're an unbelievable picker, different story. I mean, there's an argument that humans are lazy. There is, yeah. There is. Um, yeah. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear like what an ideal cold email looks like to you. It's short, it mentions something about you, like what piques your interest? Yeah, keep it straight into the point, yeah. Like, short, uh, nothing ridiculous, never claim that this is going to be the first trillion market cap company, never make ludicrous claims about yourself. Um, just keep it very short, uh, who you are, what you do, why is it interesting right now, and what's the call to action? Like, it could be like, hey, 
I want some advice to you because I'm trying to sell my company or I want some advice to you from you because I'm eager to find a job or uh, I want to pitch you my company. And I mean, this gets into the probably what I read on the website, one of your core ideas of that uh, talent is universal, opportunity is not. So someone's got some great idea, they're not from Silicon Valley, they don't know anyone in Silicon Valley, and they can shoot you a note and you can see if there's uh, an alignment. Absolutely. So this happens every day. Uh, And I'm very thankful that it happens every day. Um, For me, you know, like I'm very eager every single day or every single hour just to see what the world is working on, what they're thinking about. Um, Sometimes we end up uh, investing in these ideas. A lot of times we help people find jobs. Um, Most of the times... We, we do nothing or we uh, give, you know, some, some feedback. Um, but, yeah, th- that's something that happens every day. It's part of the daily grind. Very excited to be doing that. And we'll continue to do that for as long as uh, I'm very passionate about technology. In general, though, like, talent exists everywhere, like everywhere in the world. And I grew up in what is now a developing country. Greece, um, and I've seen very talented people there. I went to some of the best schools in the world, like Cambridge, uh, Stanford, etc. I saw talented students there from all over the world. Worked in Japan, same there. Um, but it's 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 like matching that talent with the right opportunity at the right time that makes people be perceived as geniuses or be perceived as like, you know, mythical creatures that can become superhumans. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all of us, you know, products of our times. Uh, I think Warren Buffett, you know, has said that the best thing that happened to him was that he was born in the 30s in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. So we're all products of our times. In my case, you know, I ended up here, right, when the mobile app ecosystem was getting started, which is a phenomenal time to be in the Valley and adventure in particular. Um, so just finding the right opportunity at the right time. Anybody who is talented should have a shot. I believe in that. Right. So you're in a, a great spot now. It sounds like things are going really well for you. How do you incorporate serendipity, this random walk aspect uh, into your life now? Yeah, great question. Because as you get busier, it becomes harder to um, integrate serendipity. Uh, you're uh, day looks a lot more structured. Uh, you have um, a number of hours every week that are uh, taxed on you from the group that you work with, the companies you work with, etc., etc. So for me, it starts with um, every day, you know, uh, that machine, you know, that we've built over the years of people who continue to cold email us. So that's number one. Number two, uh, at any given moment in time, every year, I'm interested in uh, a, a few areas. And over there, I personally, you know, like uh, go out of my way and I try to engineer serendipity by uh, essentially reaching out to people in that specific area. Thirdly, um, we're very integrated with the ecosystem here in San Francisco and the startup world in general. So whenever I hear about interesting people or interesting opportunities, I reach out myself. Um, and then, uh, fourthly, try to have some uh, free time uh, every week where I just say yes to meetings with interesting people totally outside of our world. 
and from there on, interesting stuff comes up, which could be, oh, go and read that book, or maybe you want to learn more about topic A, or these are two people that you should meet. Uh, at a more tactical level, if you ask everybody you meet, what's the most interesting uh, person you've come across recently, or what's the most interesting product you've come across uh, recently, you can create a, a list of folks that over the weekend you can check out. Yeah, that's a, those are, that's a really constructive question to ask people instead of, you know, what did you do this weekend? Exactly. Oh, I, that's, that, that's really actionable. Yeah, and again, if you're meeting, like, if you're in a sales job like mine, right? If you meet like 20, 30, you know, or 40 people every week, everybody tells you one or two um, folks that you should check out. You have a little bit of homework for the weekend. And it's your call to decide whether you should uh, do something about it or not, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So when you when you're talking about having these uh, random meetings, there are people that are still in the startup world, or sometimes not in the startup world, or some some are, some others aren't. Because again, you know, like the startup world is a huge rabbit hole. It's like very exciting. You can spend your whole day and whole year just thinking about it. Uh, but at the same time, it's a grind and. Uh, this is not uh, all of life, and this is not the end of life, and we should be aware of that. Silicon Valley is amazing. The density of talent that exists over here, of crazy people in a good way who want to go all the way to build a category-defining business is phenomenal. This does not exist in other parts of the world, maybe outside of uh, uh, China, perhaps. Um, but this is not the whole world. Like technology is becoming a bigger part of the economy, but it's not that we're, you know, 50% or more of the overall economy. So we should be conscious of that. And the good ideas are not just generated only here. Um, there are a lot of amazing ideas. Frankly, most ideas are generated outside of here. But Silicon Valley always figures out a way to copy them, integrate them quickly in our products and make them our ideas, you know. Right. But Nico, when you're when you're in this bubble here and everyone's startups and everyone's got some idea and you're investing in them and and you're trying to get ahead in your, in, in your life, like it's difficult to kind of step back and have that balance perspective that you're talking about. Now, do you think that's something that you've kind of always strived for? I mean, even when you were really really young and you're striving for a singular purpose, did you did you kind of have that wherewithal? Absolutely, yeah. So I've always been eager to have a balanced life and run a balanced life, um, always. Um, and and it maybe, you know, it helps because of uh, my upbringing, which was not anything, you know, like spectacular, but, um, you know, coming from uh, a, a country where, you know, it's very different than here, uh, and maybe, you know, provide me, with, provide me with some perspective. And perhaps, you know, because I'm a, also an immigrant to this country, also, you know, this helped me shape some of my views. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot be thinking also every day of 24-7 uh, just for, about APIs, crypto, and SDKs. You know, it's very exciting, but there is more parts to life uh, than that. So try to travel a fair amount every year. I believe in vacations. I do believe in that. Maybe it's a European in me. Um, and when you travel, uh, you can be very inspired. Um, so maybe the key lesson, you know, or the most actionable advice that I can offer is like figure out uh, how you can learn. Like how do you personally learn? Some people learn from books, others learn from traveling, others learn from meeting people. 
others learn from just sitting by themselves and thinking. So whatever it works for you, double, triple down on that. Right. And it's going to offer you perspective over time. Yeah, figure that out and then go try to get as much of that as you as yeah. you can. Okay, well, that's that kind of gets into, I want to ask two more questions. And the, the last question used to be advice. Now I've got a different last question. But it's, you know, it's this is getting into the advice piece for someone, like I'm saying, who's in their first job, who's still in school, who's in business school, and they're trying to, like, find their path in life. And, you know, they ha- they've, maybe they've got a consulting job offer. Maybe they say, oh, I've got a startup idea. You know, you we we've heard the path that you took. What do you tell someone that you know? Who knows whether things are going to work out or not? But I guess I, you know, as Warren Buffett says, kind of optimize for learning. What do you tell someone like that? Yes, yeah, so if if you have an idea of what you want to do, just focus on that. Do not try to go after. I want to be a founder in the future, but now I need to go and get my MBA to understand business. And then I need to go and work for a consulting company to interact with CEOs and see how they think. And then I need to go and join a startup that just to figure out how startups work. And then I'll do my own. So my advice to people is if you have an, a rough idea of what you want to do, just try very quickly to go after that and see if indeed this is what you want to do because very often after just a few months you realize oh shit this is not what i was made for like i tried to be a researcher myself and being at a lab and having to interact with the same three four people every day and having a goal in life to produce one to two papers a year was very scary and uh, not intellectually stimulating for me so if you just immerse yourself and what you think you want to do, um, and you will get a quick answer, I would imagine. Yeah. And the best outcome could be two years later, realize, oh shit, there hasn't been a single day that um, I'm like, oh, it's 3 p.m. When it's going to be 5 t- p.m. to get the hell out of here? But it's going to be, wow, this hasn't happened in two years. Uh, and it's a very relieving uh, moment. Of course, after that moment, you're also realizing that, oh, my God, I have to make this career work for me because if I can't make it work for me, I'll need to find something else. And I have no idea what else I can find. Yeah. I mean, facing that head on is scary. And I'm smiling right now because all of my business school friends, they all, I think I call it stepping stone jobs. And they have this job yeah. and they're going to get and they're, and they're gonna do on, that. Sc- and screw that. Yeah. That, I mean, that... I understand why this is happening because that's how the educational system works. Like it's very much, you know, a system of linear progression. We as humans, of course, uh, we're naturally risk averse. We also have the need to feel like we're making progress. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, if you truly have a, an inkling of what you want to do, not necessarily know that you want to do something, go and check it out and buy process of elimination and serendipity, you will find yourself into something interesting. I used to have 10-year plans when I was 20, 21, 22, and you know, after doing that for like four years in a row, I realized I was so much off that I gave up. Of course, there are a few things that I want to do every year that I have in mind, um, and some big goals for the next few years, but I don't come after very... I don't put together very detailed plans of my next decade in life you know right it's like a startup having a 10-year plan it's good to have yeah wants and desires but yeah 
10 years out is a long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't ask you for your 10-year financials, you know. <laughs> or to be, I don't know, if you see somewhere else, maybe I would, but here we didn't do that. Cool. Okay, so, Nico, this is the new last question. You're the first person that I've asked it to. This is My God, be... I graduated. <laughs> um, you know, the, the listeners of this podcast, they're young, they're hungry, they're working in tech and finance, and they're in good schools. Uh, and I, I always talk about providing value. You want to get a job, don't just send in your resume. Find a way to provide value. You don't need to have the job to provide to start providing value. So is there any way that the listeners can provide value to you? Absolutely. So we have a lot of portfolio companies. Uh, I'm sure that uh, our listeners here, some of them have used our products, our portfolio company products. Uh, the easiest way that um, I can receive uh, perhaps some value is to he hear feedback about the good, the bad, and the ugly of our portfolio company's products. And, and that's always very informative and at times pretty humbling uh, when you hear about some horrific user experiences. Um, and of course, you know, I have to say that like if our listeners are aware of any amazing founders um, that can go the distance and are ridiculously ambitious, we'd love to hear about them too. Okay. Well, Nico, great answer to the second to last and last questions. This was really, really fun speaking with you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate uh, all the good questions and uh, best of luck with your startup and your podcast. Yeah, both. To the moon. Thanks, and Nico. beyond. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening today. Let me know what you think. Leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about this podcast. Thanks.